You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Lord Jesus, I pray at this time that ultimately, um, not my words, but the living word, Jesus, your son would go forth, uh, and that it would be you that remain, and I ask all this now uh, in your name, amen. Um, It's an amazing uh, passage this evening, um, this passage which we just heard from John's Gospel, but we're going to look at Romans um, tonight primarily, so I invite you along with me to look at this this passage from Romans, Um, and Romans is sometimes described, Paul's letter to the Romans is one of the high watermarks of the Bible, and I think that's an accurate description, and I would contend that this little brief portion from chapter 5 is one of the high watermarks in the midst of high watermark book uh, of the Bible. But I begin by uh, mentioning a name to you, and I don't know if you'll remember this name, Lisa Nowak. Um, don't know that you would remember that name, Lisa, Lisa Nowak. I'll tell you a little bit about her. She was uh, a, a tremendously uh, accomplished person. She um, studied aerospace engineering at the Naval Academy, uh, and not only is she a graduate of the Naval Academy, but afterwards she received a master's in aeronautical engineering uh, as well. And uh, even beyond that, you know, those two things, quite frankly, are tremendous accomplishments, uh, noteworthy um, for a person. But she was a young girl at the time of the um, when we landed on the moon, and that had a tremendous impact on her um, and her life, and she wanted to be an astronaut um, as a child, and again, went on and pursued those degrees and accomplished those degrees, and actually went on not only to be in the astronaut program, but um, she was actually um, part of one of the missions uh, and on one of the shuttle missions. And I uh, mentioned uh, that to you, she was on the shuttle Discovery. Uh, But I mention that to you because, unfortunately, what you probably remember her for, and maybe this will begin to ring a bell, do you remember the woman that drove um, 900 miles from Houston, Texas to Orlando, Florida um, to confront um, her former boyfriend's um, new girlfriend? Uh, And if you remember um, the big thing about it and, you know, Poor Lisa, it was in the, was in the tabloids and, and everything about it. Supposedly, she wore a diaper um, so she could drive uninterrupted without bathroom breaks from um, you know, Houston, Texas to Orlando. So you've come um, from this place in this great height, um, and suddenly um, you're known for this. Uh, she had been in a relationship and a marriage which came undone. Um, so had her boyfriend, uh, and they had a relationship together before he broke up with her and began to date this other woman. Uh, and she, um, she took the key um, that he had given her and, and broke into his place, uh, read his emails um, with this uh, new girlfriend, and so she knew that she would be visiting um, and that she'd be returning in Orlando. She actually, um, it's almost, it's like a bad movie. She had a trench coat and a, and a bad wig uh, on the shuttle with this woman and um, tried to speak to her in the parking lot saying that she needed um, a ride and... Uh, <laughs> Shocker, um, the woman thought that was kind of fishy um, and wouldn't let her into the car, but she did actually roll down her window a little bit and she pepper sprayed um, her and the woman was able to um, drive away and she was later um, arrested and in her car, um, they found hundreds of dollars in cash, printouts of 
personal emails uh, between um, her previous boyfriend and this woman, pepper spray, a knife, rubber tubing, gloves, a BB gun, um, and a mallet, uh, among other things. Um, and so, um, Lisa Nowak, and I began by sharing that story with you <laughs> with um, kind of a simple statement, and that simple statement is this, um, breakups make us crazy. Um, and we can all look at this and say, how absolutely um, outrageous, how crazy. Um, I can't believe she would do something like that. But if we're honest, we've all been through those moments uh, and through those breakups. And, and the truth is, um, it, we're not going to go into detail, all of us this evening, but, but breakups uh, make us crazy. Um, they have a tremendous impact and effect on us. We have this longing within our lives, whether we're more introverted, whether we're more extroverted, we want a you know, huge crew of friends, we want a small number. We're, we're designed to be in relationship. Uh, we, we long for love. We long for connection. We long to be um, in relationship. And when that's broken, it does something to us. Uh, and we, we lose our mooring and we come undone. And I share all that with you by way of beginning because uh, in many ways, what we have in this uh, amazing lesson that Paul um, shares with the Romans and with you and me, and also what we see Jesus doing is that God is undoing, if you will, the cosmic breakup. God is uh, addressing, God is restoring the human condition after the cosmic breakup that we often call the fall, um, that we call um, original sin, the reality of uh, the break in our relationship with God and with one another, that which affects us um, in our lives and in our relationships, the, the, the fragmentation um, that came into the world, the brokenness um, that came to the world that continues to affect us in our lives and in our relationships. We, we have God coming into the world to do the work that we can't do, uh, the work of healing, the work uh, of restoration, the work of making us whole again. And that's why Paul is writing with this tremendous um, praise and thanksgiving. And we begin uh, five chapter 5, verse 1, and we begin with that word, therefore, but I want to back up just a, a little bit to the previous chapter, because in that, Paul is talking about Abraham, and he's talking about the faith of Abraham. Uh, and in talking about the faith of Abraham, what he's ultimately talking about, yes, it's Abraham, but what he's really pointing to is the character of God, uh, what, what God is like, uh, and why that's such hopeful good news to you and to me in our lives. And one of the things that he talks about is the faith of Abraham, and he writes this. Uh, as you remember, God called Abraham when he was an old man, uh, and Sarah, his wife, was an old woman, and they had no children, and gave them the outrageous promise that from them would come a great nation, uh, that, that from them God would work um, to heal and to restore the, the world. Uh, and where Paul writes that uh, no distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. And I think this is key, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Uh, that's what Paul writes about um, Abraham. Abraham was convinced Abraham was sure that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words that was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. That's a 
important theological word that we hear, justification, that, that God makes right um, our relationship with him. And as I mentioned, you know, breakups make us crazy. And, uh, and not only that, but, but often in breakups, um, we end up and we're, we're hurt uh, in the process. Uh, and uh, more often than not, we're, we're not proud of this, but typically when we're hurt, we want to hurt someone in return. Uh, that's, you know, that, that's, that's part of our human nature we don't like to confess. We, we, want, uh, we want revenge. Um, we want to respond in kind. Um, well, I was thinking about recently, do y'all remember Natalie Merchant? Um, and as I say remember Natalie Merchant, she's still alive, um, wonderfully. Uh, but if you remember back in the day, the 10,000 Maniacs, one of the bands that we, um, one of the bands that we loved, uh, the 10,000 Maniacs, I uh, remember um, seeing them, not that you care, but I'm telling you anyway, um, open um, for, for REM. They were one of the opening acts. And then later on, uh, Natalie Merchant went on in 1995 to launch her, her solo career. And Tiger Lily was the album. Uh, and one of the compelling songs on that album uh, is, you might guess where this is going, Jealousy. Um, if you remember, um, ooh, my jealousy um, is, uh, is the frame that, that runs throughout. But it's kind of a, a it's kind of a sort of delicious revenge. Uh, she's talking um, about what we would assume is her boyfriend with, with someone else now. <laughs> and, she, and she sings this. Um, is she fine, so well-bred, the perfect girl, a social deb? Is she the sort you've always thought um, could make you what you're not? Ooh, um, my jealousy uh, is, is what she thinks. Is she the one who could make you um, what you're not, is what she says. Uh, and, I, and I bring that up, and I, uh, I sort of focus in on that, because what we see and why the gospel is good news is that God makes us what we're not. God makes us something better um, than what we are. Because it goes on and it, and it talks about because of Jesus, because of what he's done, we've been justified by faith. And it says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Um, God uh, takes us from what we are um, and he makes us into something different through what Jesus does. And we have access now uh, to the grace of God. Uh, we uh, shared this earlier. My, my kids, one of my um, kids, when she was younger, you know, people will ask you when you're young, what do you want to be when you grow up um, is the question sometimes. Um, what do you want to be? And we still laugh about this. She doesn't think it's as funny, uh, but she's not here tonight. Um, so I can go ahead and I can share this with you. But um, when... Uh, we asked when she was younger what she wanted to be. Her response was authorized personnel. Um, and actually, I thought that was really insightful. You know, as a kid, she saw the sign, and she could read authorized personnel only. Um, and she thought, I want to know what's behind that door. Um, so one day, um, I'm going to be authorized personnel so I can... I can pass through uh, and find out what is on the other side. And, and I mean, that's the amazing message of, of the gospel is that God comes into the world to seek and to restore you and me. And, and Paul, and I imagine he writes this with, with, with a laugh, uh, you know, for, for a good man, one might possibly dare to die uh, is, is what he says. And then he goes on, but, but while we were still sinners, while we were still enemies of God, while we were still um, broken up, God, in his grace and his mercy, makes the decision to restore us. 
uh, and not only to restore us, but accomplishes it for you and for me. So we, we receive it. We're reconciled. We don't reconcile ourselves. God in his grace and his mercy in Jesus reconciles us to himself through the cross, through the blood, uh, and we are people who gain access um, into that fellowship, into that relationship. That which is so broken and fragmented about us uh, is, is healed uh, and is restored. Uh, we have a new standing. God makes us what we're not. He makes us holy um, in his eyes. He makes us righteous um, in his eyes. Uh, he makes us his very own. One final um, quote, it was, uh, and thinking about um, Natalie Merchant, I was looking around and I uh, listened to an interview which she gave, uh, and, uh, and a lot of her music, she sings about different um, pressing topics, and in the interview with the reporter, what she says is this, she says, one of the things I'm trying to do as an artist uh, is comfort people, tell them they're not alone, I see what you see. You're not the only one who sees this. And sometimes saying that the only rational response you can have to this insanity is despair, anger, or complete frustration. Some of the art that I'm most attracted to is art that reflects that sense of drawing someone closer and saying, look at this, look at this alternative. And then she says this, and I think she's very insightful and on point here. Let's examine what's atrocious about life, and then let's offer some kind of alternative, some kind of hope. There's too much reflection upon what's awful without any thought of how to remedy it. It just creates a culture of despair, and I don't want to live in a culture of despair. Um, I'd like to live in a culture of hope. And what we see held out for you and for me is, is not just a, a, a culture of hope, but a reality of hope. Um, for you and for me, um, because God sees the cosmic breakup, uh, and he addresses what we can't address, and he restores what we cannot restore. And you can see in the midst of this, what Paul talks about is the reality of peace with God. What he talks about is joy um, for you and for me. What he talks about is all which is fragmented and broken about us being healed um, and being restored, because while we were still enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. And much more, he writes, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. My prayer is that you and I um, will hear this night the, the truth of that, the reality of that, and, and not only hear that, but the truth and the reality of that relationship which has been reconciled and restored would be so real to you and to me that we would know those gifts which are promised to us, that, that peace um, and that wholeness, that access um, to God's grace, that that would be in the midst of all the other things which are certainly true and troubling and challenging, but that our ultimate reality would be one of hope, uh, would be one of rejoicing, it would be one of certainty. Uh, and as we hear that, I invite you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, you know the ways that we are often so um, frantic and uh, disjointed and fragmented in our lives. You know the reality of sin. Uh, hold out to us, most gracious God, the greater reality uh, of reconciliation and restoration through Jesus, your Son, that we might know your joy, that we might know your peace, uh, that that would be our ever-present reality in our lives and our relationships. And 
not in any way based on our merits, but in your mercies given to us in Jesus, your Son, in whose name I now pray. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.